Now I'd like to present for you the four basic postures the body sitting, standing, walking and reclining and I might touch into these in more detail later on but um, I'd like to model these and talk them through so in sitting the main thing in, in sitting meditation whether you sit in a chair what you do with your legs what you do with your legs is pretty secondary most people who can will find that the having this sitting on the floor and this with the legs in a triangle is the most advantageous because it provides a very broad base yeah uh, the thighs the backside and so forth because the main point is is the spine we want to get the spine supported uh, from the floor on up now normally of course we would tend to sit in something that will do it for us but with this if we do sit like that um, you can't sit like that for very long like in a chair without fidgeting moving around which of course most people will do so they use the stillness body's also quite imbalanced when we come into the optimal uh, meditation posture is so the weight of the bones and you've got the bones of the head the shoulders is coming straight down into the pelvis and into the floor this means that all this weight transfers down so my muscles can relax and if I can get that balance then actually I can switch off the muscles in my shoulders my chest and so on my arms, fingers and that, holding that balance can feel pretty still now there are certain subtler points first of all the structure of the spine as you all know is not, it's not actually a straight line it's a curvy thing it's a curve, a couple of curves a curve like a outward curve in the shoulders and the inward curve in this uh, lumbar region which you call the lordosis the spine is made up of a whole load of vertebrae so it's not at all like a rod it's actually more like a snake and the, the way it works best is if that curve of the spine is respected and if we don't hold it straight but at the same time we don't slump over like that the chair culture tends to encourage us to, to slump a little and desk culture tends to encourage you to hump over as does cars so we turn into something resembling a beetle in terms of the back you've got a carapace <laughs> so what we try to encourage is to draw this lordosis lumbar region in and there's a natural effect a springy effect that can occur when that happens is it actually lifts the entire body up from the lower spine these four or five discs or between your pelvis and your ribs this region here now if you can cultivate that train practice that that spring here like a spring of a car or spring of, carries the weight of your body without feeling rigid because itself is springy
And this is really, this lower region is where we want to be strong. So that everything above that can be loose. And since many people carry a lot of tension neck shoulder region because of this, this releasing the shoulders and neck and head drains a lot of tension. So you get a sense in that using your lower back to hold you up. Also, what this does if you're upright is means your your abdomen, your belly isn't oppressed by your ribcage. Now if we sit folded, your chest folds over your belly. We may not notice it because we don't normally sit there contemplating our breathing. We're looking so it doesn't really matter. But when you're using breathing, which is a tremendously powerful mediator of body energy, you want to give the breath all the room to move. So you want that belly to be nice and open with no pressure on it because your breathing actually, meditation begins down here in the abdomen. This is pretty crucial. You get that. So your, your abdomen is not carrying the weight of the body, it's free. And abdominal breathing, rather than chest breathing, is characterized by breathing deeper and slower and more longer, more thorough. So it really is a very full out breath. A long, slow breath. And that begins in the abdomen. So this is really where the breath, not in the chest. Your chest is the recipient of what your belly has pulled in. So you, when you train yourself to, this way, you go down into your abdomen and just let it swell for the breathing in and let your chest receive that. So the chest receives the, the breathing that you've done here, the, or the muscles have done here, and it starts to open. Okay, but it begins down here. This long breathing is associated with calming the nerves that run up into the brain. So as you may or may not know, you have various uh, aspects of the brain. One particular point is called the amygdala and the hippocampus. And these deal with emotional reactivity. So what's called a hot amygdala is making very, very hyper. And it sends uh, signals and the hippocampus mediates responses. And so, so this hot amygdala gets very jumpy. Cool amygdala is just... Stays cool. And this is not just a matter of trying to check your emotions, it actually is about, you know, moderating <laughs> where your brain is. Uh, and that's not a matter of psychology, that's a matter of primary energy. What, what, how tight your nervous system is, how reactive your nervous system is. It's not a matter of you, what your, your psychology is. Your psychology sits on top of the nervous system. If the nervous system is agitated and tight and hot, you're bound to act in those ways. You've got no choice. 
So the energy comes prior to the emotion. Now if you give that very steady long breath, it cools the amygdala and your emotions just become much more moderated, spacious. And this is the characteristic of a meditator. They have a steady, spacious emotional pattern rather than a juttery, fluttery, reactive, jumpy. Because it's just effect neurologically. So this is not mystical. <laughs> it's just totally pragmatic. And the amazing thing is the Buddha got this down two thousand five hundred years ago. He didn't even have a word for nerve. <laughs> didn't know what it was, but he knew what happened. <laughs> he knew what happened. So this long, deep breathing, and you become calmer and steadier. Remember, this is not forced. It's not, but it's 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 not. But if your body sits in the right way. And you begin to switch off what you don't need as best you can. You know, like in your shoulders, your fingers, and your face, you just sit and relax here. You know, it's strange at first, and relax your hands. And then make a little more attention to this. And make the breath as long as you can without forcing it. Just really take your time. And don't be in a hurry to breathe in. Wait. It's never the case you're not going to breathe in unless you're dead. <laughs> it's going to happen. So just wait. Take all the time in the world to, get, to let the breath swell up through your, under your collars. And then wait until it decides to breathe out. And this is a tremendously steadying effect on the body and then the mind or the heart picks up that signal from the body. This is the point of good posture. Now, you know, I mean this, but clearly it takes a little bit of work because just, you know, how how much strength do you have here in your lower back? You know, if anybody doesn't have a back problem, Sooner or later, because it's it's a you know being an upright creature with his spinal structure that's a, that's a, which we don't necessarily handle very well. It's always getting damaged and twisted and shoulders stiff and you know, so most everybody has some kind of back. I had big back problems years ago. So therefore, you go, mm. okay. So these things here, these cushions, the idea of this. Of course, this your knees go down, you know, like that. <laughs> now, go down because this is all tight in here. So often meditators will definitely be doing some yoga things to stretch their their legs, you know. You know, various yoga postures and practices you highly recommend it just uh, spend time stretching these areas here. This is where you need to stretch, not the knees themselves. And like this. Be long stretches. But you really gotta take your time with it because it just doesn't happen in a week. But very often people find you get a little bit of prop under their butt. It just helps to oh yeah. 
gives some support so the back is being held a little more lifted by this cushion. I would recommend you don't sit on top of the thing, but sit on the edge of it so it's just like a wedge under your tail. You find out what you need for that, so it holds you. And of course, so I'm sitting like this, that's fine for me, but you know, sometimes people sit just cross-legged for a while, you might have to move, you know, move around a little bit, change your posture occasionally, or sit like this, which is called the Burmese posture, I don't know why they call it the Burmese, which is like that, so one leg is actually in front of the other one. Some people sit like this, they call it a camel. You might sit there and you've got a little, a little bench you can sit on. And some people sit in chairs. Uh, and so the, the main thing is to get that, that, that spine straight and to not have to constantly be kind of forcing and twitching and moving. You get a reasonable amount of separateness. You feel those br that, that breath going here now. You don't have to be fussing around with your body, body posture all the time. It's too much, it's too, so don't make an issue of it. We never really know what other people's limits are. And that may be a good thing. So what I also recommend is anytime we are sitting together in the hall and you're feeling like just well, getting really struggling to stand up. Quietly, that's not a sign of disrespect. Stand. And now, the standing position, which is also a great way to meditate in its own right. We're doing a very similar thing than we were sitting, but now we'll just be using the feet to carry the weight of the body. Uh, and for this, you want to have the knees slightly soft so that the springiness that we had in our we're looking for in our lower back is now being in our, in our knees, so it's quite springy there. Uh, position your pelvis so it's above the, 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 the feet, not to one side. You're on both feet and you relax your shoulders and you try to align yourself, especially when you're feeling, so your head, your pelvis and your feet feel about in, they seem to be in line and then you Relax, particularly your shoulders, the front of your body, your chest, and your face. Just let it hang there. <laughs> Again, it feels rather strange at first, but okay, we, we can breathe. And you can sense the space around you, feel. Check out the space around you when you stand or sit, so you're not slightly on guard against it. Because normally we are, because of impingement. And just feeling like around my body, it's free. Nothing's bothering me, nothing's looking at me or pointing at me. Or it's really open and relaxed. Oh, this is the beginning or where the opening experience is. When I feel firm and centred in a relaxed way, 
<coughs> check out the space around me is open. Something starts to open up. Oh. And this again is just immensely beneficial. A lot of the stresses, tensions, agitations in our mind just begin to drain into that openness and groundedness. Standing is great practice. Again, standing you it shouldn't be too difficult, but you may find yourself being restless or itchy, move a little bit, bend a little bit. Sit down again. That's the second great posture. You do this queuing up at a supermarket will never be the same again. <laughs> so totally zen, you know. <laughs> walking. You know, walking is, is an interesting one because of course we all walk, like we all sit. Most of the time we're walking to get somewhere. So we're walking. Somewhere. So we're really walking with our eyes, aren't we? So we don't and your body kind of moves along underneath it. Well, your mind is going, the body runs along underneath this thought. And he's going to miss out everything between here and the kitchen. Oh, yes, so there's some walking going on down there somewhere. But Now, in meditation, we know where to go. We switch that off. You're walking, then you begin to almost like quiet your eyes down, which is done by first of all not focusing on what's visually around you, just putting on dimmer. You can see things, but when you relax around your eyes, the muscles, relax, relax your face, of course, switch off the idea of going anywhere. How, how does the body walk? How does it do it? What happens to make the body walk? An idea comes up. Um, yeah. I'm looking at the weight goes to one side. Down to my right leg. Okay. If I want to do it really thoroughly, it's slight bend in your right leg, carrying the weight. That's carrying the weight. This means somewhere in the left hip, it's going to be just lift the, lift the left leg. It's going to start back here. Right? This area here lifts that leg. And the pelvis swings to the right. Pelvis swings to the right. So it's a swing. The foot trails around underneath it, trails underneath it, touches the ground, and the weight transfers onto the left leg. Then the right leg lift, get the swing, and so on. So this, this swing quality, you know, especially if you imagine like you're walking on a beach, 
probably, because that's probably the time when you really walk with nowhere to go, just strolling along. If you have the swing quality to it, there's again a very soothing rhythm, because it flexes around your waist, and something about that gentle rocking has a calming effect. Now if you notice it in a bit more detail, <clears throat> you realise that when you when you go onto your right leg, say, and you swing your left leg forward, the left shoulder kind of comes back a little bit to act as a counterweight. It does, the body does it by itself. See what I'm doing? Because of course if it went forward, I would tend to lurch. Because all the weight of my body would lurch onto that left leg. Instead of just that slight flexion of the left shoulder back means that you know you can stand with that foot in the air. That's fine. Because the counterweight <laughs> means the weight of the body is not committed yet. Foot comes down and then I can move on to When the foot comes down then I can move my way on. So if I lift and then I push, my shoulder doesn't come back, my weight is already coming onto that side before the foot's down, I will lurch. So now, when that foot touches the ground, now I can come onto it and my, my body swings over that way, and that way, and that way, and that way. This is the true carriage of a human being, true carriage. Yeah. And you feel with that there's a certain sense of grace, it's gracious, it's graceful, and it's dignified. But you're really upright and balanced, you're not coming forward, you're not rushing forward. And you're in any, any, any particular point, you're in control of it. You know where the weight is going. Now, and you moderate the speed, depending how, what kind of rhythm you like, how much room you have. Are you going to take it real slow? Or you like something a bit brisker? Main thing is flow. Flow, find the flow form. This is walking. Beautiful. When we walk, the whole body walks. It's not just the foot thing. Whole body, you recognise the chest, the shoulders, the arms, the head. The head is just held, not tilted forward. The whole body is in there. And that gives it its particular dignity and grace, walking, walking meditation. When we do this as a meditation, we generally use track of 20 paces or so, so we kind of backwards and forwards, because we're not really going out for a landscape birding, 
uh, though that's fine too in its own time. You may want to do some of that. Uh, but to feel. This that I'm with for a lifetime and how it operates, it does it rather well. And you recognize you could never figure out how to do that with your head, but the body knows how to do it. So when we're really living in harmony with the body, mind, listening to that, feels the presence of something graceful and upright and calming. And, and it begins to settle into that. And put aside all the babble and the congestion. Great posture. You walk with the whole body, and again, just to, so changing this habit of a lifetime to go out into our thoughts and destinations. So it is, it is quite, you know, to keep shifting back. So you can try to visualize you're walking maybe chest high through, through water. So this bring you into a sense of your whole body moving forward in space. It's opening around you. Feeling it. Because the most important thing is that we're not walking with our eyes anymore, we're walking with the body. And we're feeling the body moving through space. There's a beautiful quality to come to that. Fourth posture, reclining. So, (laughs) something we do every day, I'm sure. And mostly it's like reclining is just, oh, <laughs> sort of, you know, like fetal. But for meditation, you don't go fetal. There are several reclining positions. One I rather enjoy myself is using, here I'm using the back, the entire back like a foot. So now I'm really using this back as a thing that gives me a sense of grounding or maybe the soles of the feet really just then resting the weight resting into the earth it does change your breathing gets slower now your breathing goes up to the sky and it goes down to the other side of the planet lovely sense of that and you can draw your arms out, relax your shoulders and because this can make you feel pretty sleepy, you know, once you lie down, energy goes, shifts down a notch, you may doze off. Um, you can use your fingers to keep yourself awake. And fingertips, as you all know, are extremely sensitive. So, like this, and I place my fingertips on my chest and just tune into that or on my abdomen or anywhere on each other, so just focusing on the feeling in the fingertips as something to keep you a little bit sharper. Uh, If you have your legs in this arch, you're much less likely to immediately go to sleep as well. So you can do that. Generally we don't do that in the hall together, (laughs) in public, partly because it's a very vulnerable position. Sensitivities around that, uh, you know, 
really pretty all the front of their body is very un, unshielded so just and sense also you never really want to point your feet to Buddha images or each other so we maybe do that in your room or if you are in a lot of discomfort you want to sit at the back somewhere recline at the back you want to recline across the room so you're not pointing at the shrine or pointing at other people then that's okay too if you're having a lot of back pain you don't want you to be just gritting your teeth all the time if it's too difficult. You can also do reclining on one side. Excuse my feet. Okay, so this is going very formal. You focus on the long spinal axis, you might get a cushion under your under your arm, under your hand, like that, and just focusing on from your soles of your feet up through your body that long line keeping that in the centre of your attention and just letting the thoughts or emotions bubble past because the nature of finding centre in the body and the main one of the main themes of it is not just a sense of it's got a certain firming, comfortable quality to it but it also means your mind has that it means it doesn't get so out thrown out into the thoughts and emotions that are going on so the energy is withdrawn from that those not negative not antagonistic it's just you know the lights off that because the light's shining on this (laughs) so you withdraw your energy from that to this, and you've got something because this feels better, stronger, firming. You're drawing energy from that, and this stuff can just—if you don't engage with it, either negatively, or fascinated with it, or planning with it—it it begins to trail off. What was all that about? Finished. Not because we've been antagonistic towards it, but just because we've stopped putting energy into it. (laughs) So this is a kind of lovely, you know, very non-judgmental use of energy. What do you want to put your energy into? You have a choice. Um, People don't necessarily really get that because there's so much just compulsive thinking, feeling, worrying, planning, remembering, wishing, regretting. It's just there's no choice. So you have a choice. You have a choice. It's not about having an emotional position around that. It's just about you've got a centre here. A very precious centre that is not attended to put your energy here don't concern yourself with that put your energy here and you find a lot of just superficial stuff will just begin to deconstruct Uh, so the mind becomes quieter you may get a few deep themes that that really you do need to give attention to you know not just 
surface thoughts a few deep things of regret or wish or sorrow or something and then this is the second phase of practice where from that firm center we begin to get energy to just gather around that and hold it with love and kindness and okay okay so we're not reacting we're responding to that these are the healing practices of meditation these are the awakening practices of meditation this is the opportunity we have at this time each every one of us so it's in a way it's very intimate because it's your body your mind your choice your thoughts and you have a chance to come to terms with them and meet them and I want to encourage you to do that So those are the those are the founding um, principles of meditation and retreats. Um, we uh, have a, a routine. And the encouragement is to make a good effort with that. There's a reason why, because it shapes us, it trains us, it means we rise up, we sustain, and uh, we use a good amount of time this particular crucial thing that you don't have much choice, chance to do elsewhere in a pretty ideal circumstance you know something to cook for you Keep, you know you don't have to worry about the details of the management looked after um, nobody's asking anything of you particularly nice situation make use of that so we begin rather early probably for most people but this is uh this is how we do it. <laughs> so you get a good time for that. But the thing is, once you, the first couple of days are always a little bit rocky. Once you go through that, it's like you, you know, you, your, your rhythms have been, you've adjusted your body rhythms, and you get this kind of the long rhythm of the day, which is because we're going rather slowly and quietly. We're not jumping and spurting going rather slowly, you get this nice long rhythm to the day. You know, slowly, 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 calmly going through the day. The dawn, the noon, the evening, the darkness, the night. You know, a lovely natural quality to it. This is something to treasure, enjoy. <laughs>